And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Up next is Cover to Cover Open Book. Welcome to Cover to Cover Open Book, or as I call it, Frame to Frame. My name is Raina Cowan, and I'm here for the next half hour talking to you about film and culture and the intersection of the two. My focus this week is on uh, the Mill Valley Film Festival, which is a film festival that runs from October 4th next Thursday through the 14th, features films throughout the world um, uh, a lot of films that have never been seen anywhere in the United States before. Very interesting conceptualization about which films go with what and and how things are put together. With me to talk about the festival is Zoe Elton, who's the director of programming. Uh, welcome to KPFA. Thank you, Raina. It's good to be here. You know, there's something about the Mill Valley Film Festival that <clears throat> I particularly find intriguing because I mean it's something that's initially started very slowly. Um, and, oh, I got some magic notes. Mm, great. <laughs> so it initially started really slowly uh, as a lo- something that was local, and then it became something that became national and international, and now is well-regarded. I think in the past few years, the films that I've seen on opening night went far to win the Academy Award, so that there's been really... What I like is that development of something that went from a small vision to something that was much bigger. And there's a lot of films that deal with um, very interesting, hard-hitting issues, Mm -hmm. both politically and then also um, that are really dynamic, passionate films that are feature films. So I'm wondering, you've been with the film festival for a number of years. Uh, What do you think the trends are now for the kinds of films that are are actually being made that we get to see, and how has that changed? Because certainly funding has become a big issue for films, but what have you seen in the past few years and to where we are now? Well, good question, and I think you summarized really the roots of Mill Valley Film Festival very well. You know, it's firmly rooted in Northern California, um, but it has really had a vision that sort of spread out to the world. So, you know, I feel like there's, there's this sense of this community which has always been a very vibrant one for the arts in general and film specifically as well um becoming sort of the 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 roots of what the mill valley film festival has become and i think throughout the festival you know as you ask about you know what the trends are now i feel that we've um we've tracked a lot of the ways that film has been and become. And I think sometimes, you know, trends are, um, they, they kind of recycle themselves in a way. Um, from the early days of the festival, we were, we were looking at, um, both, uh, traditionally made films and less traditionally made films. And I, I think that that continues now. Um, you mentioned also the, the, uh, the the breadth of the kind of programming that we're doing, and I think that I think in some ways a festival like this offers the 
opportunity for a lot of conversations. Um, conversations about individual films, conversations about the individual issues that are maybe, you know, proposed in the films, but also conversations about I mean, what essentially would be like a, a curatorial connection between some of the films that we have. So, for instance, um, one of the things that we noticed this year is that across the board from, you know, a big film like Argo, which is the Ben Affleck film that we're showing, um, which has to do with the um, the hostage crisis in, in Tehran, um, and, uh, you know, a, a, a true story that was has been suppressed about that. Um, we have that that obviously is looking at the relationship between Iran and the United States. Um, but there are a bunch of other films also that 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 look at or inform that that conversation or, you know, elements of that conversation in a broader way. Um, there's a really wonderful film called The Attack, which is um, a um, a film that looks at Israel and Palestine through a very personal story. Um, um, a doctor whose uh, wife becomes a suicide bomber, basically, and it's um, it's it's a really smart film that really looks at the you know very very tricky conversation um, from a personal point of view, and through that really explores a lot of compelling issues. Um, similarly. Um, um, oh, Mira Nair, the wonderful Indian filmmaker. Um, we're going to be doing a tribute to her. And when we went to press, we weren't sure whether we'd be able to show her new film, which is called The Reluctant Fundamentalist. And I'm thrilled to say that we just heard that we are going to be able to show oh. it. So it's great news. Um, but that, again, is a film that looks at, uh, based on a book, actually, um, looks at uh, a Pakistani man who had was educated in the United States and became involved, you know, he was like a, he was kind of like headhunted as a young guy and gets very involved in American, you know, capitalism, essentially. And then 9-11 happens. So it really puts him through his paces. And again, it's a story that, you know, guided through the expert hands of Mira Nair. Um, it's really, really compelling. Then there's another one, um, a, 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 almost like a genre film from Iran called The Sinners, um, which looks, uh, which tells the story of a young woman who uh, had been in the United States, comes back, and it be, kind of becomes a, a thriller set around her disappearance. So I think that films and the way that you uh, that you can curate them in a festival like this offer a lot of opportunities for seeing who we are, where we are, and engaging with the conversations, but really through the emotional connection that we get with the stories that we see in films. Well, that's so interesting. Do you have a sense that um, that the way it actually works is that many people around the world are thinking about similar ideas, but then they tell the story in a completely different way? Mm. Like, Can you tell, for example, that Nair's film, who is both... Uh, you know, based here and in India, for example, w would the story be told in a different way than somebody like an Affleck film, which I assume is either indie or Hollywood? It's a Hollywood film, and it's um, 
I mean, it's kind of wonderful uh, because, in a way, it also satirizes Hollywood. So it's it's got some interesting elements of sort of, I mean, self-reflection, perhaps. <laughs> um, but it is, you know, it's it's a story about. Um, a, an American man going into the hostage crisis and, you know, creating a situation where they were trying to liberate some people who had run away from the embassy once it had, when, when it was stormed. And the very eccentric way that they managed to get people out. It's kind of it's a great story. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's really striking in a film like Miranair's film because I think throughout her career, she's really dedicated herself to uh, looking at issues about intercultural relationships and uh, she has I think she has a very intriguing worldview that's informed by who she is as a human being and also who, who she is as a human being who as you say you know has a is, is Indian she resides in New York part of the time she has a film school in East Africa you know she's she has, I feel, like an intercultural sensibility that's quite rare. Well, it, it is interesting when we think about the ways that there are so many different uh, ways that a story can unfold. But there's also, there's sometimes, I just look through for the filmmakers that I know, mm -hmm. that I've seen other films by that have really inspired me. Yeah. Um, like we were talking about Alison Anders, for example, and I mm -hmm. remember when she did Gas Food and Lighting, which was... Lodging. Lodging, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure food. it was lit as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, what an amazing story about... You know, the relationship of young people. Yeah. And then you were just talking about how she has this new film. And I thought, it's so funny. I interviewed her. I, like, loved talking to her years mm -hmm. ago. And she hasn't really been on my radar. And I thought, well, why is she not? Why has I have I lost track of her? And uh, she has a new film, too. Yeah, she has a new film called Strutter, which she, I find that hard to say. You know, it's like the, my Anglo... <laughs> my, my, right. my accent kind of strutter, strutter, um, which she made with Kurt Voss. Um, and it's a really wonderful film. I mean, I, it was so great to see it because I really felt like, hey, Alison Anders is back and she is great. And uh, it's 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 kind of great because it's it's the story really is about uh, it, you know, a kid who's involved in the music industry, and but his parents were as well. So there's there's almost like the two generations of the, um, you know, punk-ish music industry. It felt very fresh and very current to me, and and uh, you know, speaks volumes. I, I loved it a lot. Well, it seems like that there's both the films that are films that are going to be released at some point, mm -hmm. and then there's films that this is maybe the only opportunity to see. Right. Uh, and I always try to go to the ones, primarily the ones that I don't think I'll be able to see again. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm wondering, there's probably so many of those films that you are actually choosing from because there's, you know, so many films are being made in the world. How do you guys decide, okay, not only is this an interesting film, but this is an interesting film that we want to bring to Mill Valley to be part of the discussion? Mm. Um, that's a great question. I mean, really, we have a group of great, programmers who work with us and we have regular meetings where we talk about what we've seen so we you know we, we're exchanging notes we're, we're talking about what we've seen we're making note of things that have come up um things that are striking us um 
so there's an ongoing conversation as the months evolve, as you know, and as we see films. And in terms of deciding, it's hard. I mean, some things are are obvious. Um, some things are, um, you, you know, you, you, we really look at trying to build a program that has, uh, you know, depth and has breadth and covers a lot of things. I mean, I feel like filmmakers can be uh, or can voice, you know, the sensibility of, of what our concerns are at this particular time. So we we pay attention to different parts of the world, to different cultures, to making sure that we have men and women filmmakers, to really trying to create a full spectrum of work. Um, both in terms of the kind of work that we're showing, but also in terms of the kind of topics that we feel are really becoming very compelling. One of the films that really stood out for me is called Thursday Till Sunday. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that film. It's a Chile-Netherlands production, and uh, it's by a woman, so I found that really interesting. And it tells the story of a 10-year-old girl who embarks on a road trip up the west coast of South America. And I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> now already there's there's all these things. Like often we've seen films about like the kids who have taken the trains and they've come to the U.S. Mm -hmm, you know from other countries. Mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. but I think, what is the, what is the sensibility of a ten year old girl? Yeah. And how is it going to be different watching that film? The fact that it's made by a woman. Yes. And what's going to be noticed? And so I keep on trying to arrange my schedule to make sure like. Now, that's something that seems really intriguing to me. I don't know if it's going to be really subtle. I assume it's going to be subtle and beautiful. Yeah. And that uh, that it's going to be about many things at one time. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's that's a great example of, of I think, several of the films. In the, I mean, as you mentioned that one and as you describe it, I think also of um, a Mexican film called Here and There. And... I've seen a lot of Mexican films in recent years that deal with the relation, you know, like people coming to the United States back and forth. Um, and quite often it's intense. Quite often these films are intense. And this one is a real standout for me um, because it's about a man who has been working in the United States and who goes back to his family. So there's 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 a lot about the subtleties of his rediscovering his connection with his family and, you know, hoping that he can make it work in in Mexico, um, you know, quite often there are films that are about the drug trade, that kind of thing. But this one um, is really moving and subtle and beautiful and just works on a lot of levels, I think. And is this the one where he wants to play music? Yes, he plays music. <laughs> yes, he plays music. You know, uh -huh. so, yeah, we've got, we got a lot of music themes going through the festival in different ways. But, yeah. Well, so is it that there, um, I mean, this, this idea of the music themes, I mean, there was mm. quite a few that actually, I mean, you talked about the Alison Anders one, but there's, right. there's many others that I thought, oh, music, this is really interesting because there's so much focus on music from other cultures and, right. uh, you know, can you see it sort of in the culture that you actually, um, where it belongs? Like, for example, isn't there a film, I think it's probably close to sold out, but you, you also, you know what I'm going to talk about, um, the film about the women drummers. Oh, yeah, Sweet Dreams, yeah. It's, um, this is a beautiful, uh, documentary by, uh, Lisa Freckman and Rob Freckman, um, about some women drummers in Rwanda. And they're both, um, you know, they, 
first of all, it's really rare for women to drum in Africa. It's like you're kind of not allowed to. Um, but these women got together, you know, after, you know, all the intenseness of the of the killings there and the genocide there. And, you know, they started to work together. Um, so the film, in part, you know, looks at that and looks at, you know, their stories about how they came to this place. But it's also about a woman who, uh, an American, who went to them. And because this this group of women already sort of existed as a group, um, she started to help them to build a business, like a micro-business. But it was making ice cream, hence the title Sweet Dreams. Um, but it's uh, ice cream is not actually known in Rwanda. So they, they were having to really educate people about what ice cream was about. And it's... It's it's wonderful because it's full of, you know, music, obviously, but also the human drama of actually having to import a, a refrigerator from South Africa up to Rwanda, you know, that kind of thing. And parts are missing and all this kind of stuff. Well, it's interesting because Lisa Fruckman is somebody who's an, an editor. Yes. Right. So she's transformed. You have a film with uh, directed by Dustin Hoffman, who, of course, was an actor and now is um, <laughs> is directing his own film. Yeah. So that there's... There's people who are making transitions from mm -hmm. one kind of role to another kind of role. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have like a special place for that? I mean, because it seems like... Yeah, in my heart. In your heart? <laughs> <laughs> that you can push yourself in a new way? Because there is something about that. Like, will it work? Will they be yeah. able to transform from where... Like, or somebody who's changed genres, for example. Mm-hmm. I remember in the past seeing like a film by Francois Ozone and he always changes genres and then all of a sudden he comes with one and it's like, no. <laughs> but most of the time it's yes. So the question yeah. is, you know, there's something about leaving room for people to kind of expand who they are right. and be creative in new ways. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that, uh, that happens a lot um, in the film festival. And I wonder if there's some if there's some kind of overriding way of thinking about it, or is it just uh, it just so happens that these are films that wind up working i think I think they are films that wind up working, but I think um you know it's always intriguing what people bring to the table of their own experience that they then you know you know the more experience you have the you know you know the better it can be theoretically um but you mentioned dustin hoffman and um also billy bob thornton has a, oh, a film yes. yeah jane mansfield's car um so there are a few people who are actors turned directors in this this year's festival but there's also um a young woman drew denny who seems to be seems seems like sort of omnivorous in her artistry <laughs> she's uh, she has a film called the most fun i've had with my pants on and it's it's you know it's a low budget indie film beautifully shot and it's kind of a, a road trip film um about two girlfriends going on a on a on a trip to um uh, to deal with one's father's ashes but drew denny the first screening of the film is going to do um a special performance afterwards so she's not only a filmmaker um but she's a performer she's a musician she's been she's in a couple of bands and they're really great mm. so she's going to do a show with the first screening of her film Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. We're talking with Zoe Elton, who is the uh, program director for the Mill Valley Film Festival. And if you want tickets, you can go to the website mvff.org. Uh, .com. .com. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I think I tried the other way and it worked. Or something. Oh, it probably did. Yeah, they <laughs> probably referred you over. Referred me over. But, you know, one of the things that I was thinking of is, as people who I know who are in the film world, 
funding has gotten more and more difficult. Mm. And uh, and I'm wondering about the films that you have. How did some of them get made? And uh, are there some surprises that way? Well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are working, you know, I mean, in the, that traditional indie way of, you know, maxing out their their um, uh, their credit cards and their their favors from friends. But obviously, Kickstarter has been something that has helped people a lot. I mean, there you know, three films come to mind just off the top of my head that have done successful Kickstarter campaigns. Um, I mean, you mentioned Alison Anders' film Strutter, um, and she and Kurt Voss, her co-director, did a Kickstarter campaign for that. I mean, I was really surprised that someone with Anders' you know, background was actually having to do grassroots funding for a film. And it is grassroots. I mean, it's like every, you know, it's like never, you know, you can never walk away from the power of a dollar. Every, literally every dollar counts. Um, Melissa Howden did a Kickstarter campaign to fund the um, post-production on her f- film Be Home Soon. Um, and it, it, that worked. Gillian Grisman did one with her film Village Music, which is about John Goddard and the iconic Village Music store. Um, so all three of those people did success. You know, Kickstarter is a is a campaign that, that if you if you don't make your goal, uh, it's you know it's all or nothing. But all three of them actually did pretty successful campaigns. So that's you know definitely one of the things that people are doing these days. So there's both the films that are the top-down films where mm-hmm. uh, they have big independent producers or they're doing a lot of co-productions from different culture, different countries. Yeah. But then there's also the ones where it's different, where it has to be done in a more grassroots manner. Yeah. Do, do you think that there's something about the topics that um, you realize, okay, this is something that's going to have to be more of a Kickstarter kind of situation you know, are there certain topics that are more "quote unquote" fundable, mm-hmm. or is it just that um, people want to have their own kind of freedom for doing what they need to do? Ah, good question. I I think Kickstarter can fill gaps. I mean, I think that both Gillian Grisman and Melissa Howden used um, Kickstarter for finishing funds. Um, and, you know, if something is a co-production, things like that, I mean, really, it can be, I mean, that's, you know, pretty much a time-honored thing in this day and age. But frequently in Europe, for instance, um, there'll be co-productions between different countries and different film funds. And how that works typically is that depending on how much funding has been given, you also have to commit to part of your film, you know, being shot in the countries country or countries that are funding you or you have to have um you know a significant number of of um people from that country working on it um there's a film that we're showing called body complete which is actually about bosnia but it's it's um it's made in austria and i'm I'm not even sure how they got the funding for that film but it was just sort of interesting to me to have sort of like austrian eyes on you know on sort of post-challenged Bosnian issues. Well, we're talking with Zoe Elton about the Mill Valley Film Festival, and it's such an interesting segue in some ways, I think, this idea of fundraising, because (laughs) I'm thinking that, so you do a Kickstarter campaign, you try to get $150,000 to $600,000 for an hour and a half documentary or feature Mm -hmm, film, mm -hmm. is the average cost, and... um, if we had five people who could give that kind of money to KPFA, 
uh, it wouldn't be for an hour and a half. It would, you know, cover our expenses in such a larger level. Yeah. Um, and that's really very interesting. We are on our fundraising time here at KPFA. And I like this idea of the grassroots that in order to have freedom to create something in the way that you need to create something and the freedom to make it work, you need to get a group of people to do that. And that's what we're trying to do here. This is the time for you to go to your phones and subscribe to KPFA. Our numbers are 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732 with the idea of subscribing to KPFA and and trying to do the same kind of thing, creating a grassroots organization that help can create something that's creative and is a vision. And I think that that is really essential. If you join now for a $60 contribution, you can get a T-shirt, a KPFA T-shirt. Uh, you can get a KPFA cap for $75, a stainless steel water bottle. So um, you can carry something fresh with you on the inside and on the outside. And, of course, the canvas tote bag where you can carry anything for $90. So this is a really interesting time because culture hasn't been something that's been the key priority of KPFA. So supporting a show like Cover to Cover, Open Book, or Frame to Frame is a way to show that you are actually caring about culture and about, I think, some of the things that Zoe Elton was just talking about. How do you build something that's larger, that's... um that makes you think in a new way, not the same old ways, but is actually expanding that. The number, once again, 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. And, of course, you can just donate online at kpfa.org. You know, we're trying to raise money to keep this station on the air and create something so that over time we have a resource that stays with us. Uh, when you hear about like somebody like Allison Anders, who is a really well-known independent filmmaker, who in order to complete her film has to um, uh, rely on the the comfort of strangers, you know, it's it's pretty um, remarkable. Uh, and so, in this economy, nothing comes easy. And then, if you think about it in the other direction, you know, five dollars uh, a month is equivalent to what? one and a half cappuccinos, <laughs> uh, two really good organic avocados, perhaps, uh, uh, maybe one pineapple, that there's so many, uh, and not even a ticket for a film, you know, which are now 10 or $12 um, at least. So the $60 rate, uh, paying all at once for something that you can get for 24-7. You don't even have to stand in line. <laughs> Which is quite remarkable. <laughs> Once again, uh, www.kpfa.org or 510-848-5732. This is a great time to go to the phones and, and show that you care about community radio and that you share, compare, that this idea of comparing culture and thinking about the implications and being able to, um, think in bigger ways. That's what I think KPFA is really interested in. And it's a way that you can help. And you can help in small ways. You can help in big ways. And it's really part of creating a movement that is bigger than yourself. So I would recommend going to the phone right now, 1-800-439-5732. Uh, 
pay what you can. You can get a bumper sticker, a window sticker. There's many different ways to show that you support KPFA and that let other people know that you believe in free speech, that you believe in community radio, that you believe in the kind of outreach that KPFA provides. Now, um, Zoe, when people come to the film festival, there's something about people standing in line together, mm-hmm. either before the film, and then there's all these people who come out of the film, and they're like, what did you just see, and what was it like? And there's a way to kind of culturally connect. And uh, it's really nice to do that in line, especially when who wants to wait in line? Like, who wants <laughs> to really pay for KPFA? Because, you know, we want to get things and have it be easy. But mm-hmm. really, there is something that's quite remarkable about having a place to really talk about ideas with. And there's such a variety of shows on KPFA that you can talk about. It's like standing in line, but drinking coffee or tea in your own home at the same moment. So go to your phone and contribute right now to the station who's, who, who's been here for years and years, providing something that if we lost would be devastating. The number, 510-848-5732. 1-800-439-5732. I can't tell if any lights are lit up. It's it's kind of like when you make a film, you make a film, and then you only get to know when people are in the audience. Uh, on radio, it's really different. I remember uh, I used to be on the morning show, and I would do these film reviews. Somebody called from the high top of Sonoma, and she said, you know, I don't get to go to films. I'm I can't really get out hardly at all, but I go to dinner parties and I raise the issues that you raise in the films Mm. and I have something interesting to talk about. So do the same. Support KPFA. Once again, 848-5732. My name's Raina Cowan. You've been listening to Frame to Frame, Open Book, Cover to Cover, and I'll see you next month.